Hello friends and welcome to Beating Business Bullies, a place where we find empowerment to make financial decisions with confidence and bravery. Today we're going to be talking about our relationship with money, our philosophy with money. How can we better create a space where we're not frustrated or allowing money to rule us? Do you believe that money solves all worries? Have you ever thought to yourself, if I just had more money, my life would be so much easier and less worrisome? Most people do tend to think this way. They feel that they amass some wealth, that they will have less to worry about, fewer harder decisions, and an easier life. But actually what happens is, you continue with the same philosophy and the same relationship, you amass a bunch of wealth and you amass a bunch of problems, your problems increase, it gets worse, life gets harder and more stressful. When I first graduated from university, my relationship with money was completely different than it is today. Before, I was looking for the best opportunity to make money in the quickest way possible, regardless of where I lived or the risks involved. Now, many years later, my relationship with money is much different. I'm looking more for the future to find a way to pay for my daughter's university. I may take less risk. I am more content with what I have. Um, I am absolutely less less likely to take uh, as big a risk as I did when I was younger. Knowing that my philosophy or my relationship with money has changed is also positive because now I know that even if I don't have the relationship I want or the philosophy I want to have, I have the ability to shift that or change that and find a place of peace and a peace of place of harmony with money. Money should not be the rule of all evil. It should not be the um, negative in our life. Understand that our philosophy will adapt and our philosophy will change. There's sure a lot of adjectives out there to describe our relationship with money. There are spenders. There are misers. There are avoiders, seekers, amassers, the financial monks. What do some of those mean? Let's talk about those spenders. Are you a spender? Do you frequently make purchases that are beyond your means? Whoa. Do you find yourself in credit card debt? Do you purchase things to make yourself happy? Is there a connection between shopping and your mood? Do you walk out in the day and say, wow, I'm going to go shopping and all of a sudden get a smile on your face? Spenders have a tendency to accumulate credit card debt because shopping can be an addiction. Spenders spend money in the hopes that material items will bring happiness or provide pain relief. You enjoy spending money for immediate pleasure. You may find it very difficult to save and prioritize purchases. Long-term goals said bye-bye a long time ago. And you have a very hard time either talking about the future or even planning about the future. What about those misers? What's a miser look like? Misers completely on the other end of the spectrum. Absolutely fear poverty and constantly worry about not having enough money to live. Misers need to fill and control and are generally more comfortable, generally uncomfortable with any sort of uncertainty. Misers fear poverty, yet they practically live in it because they spend so little. Have you ever heard of the word scarcity, living in a scarce world? rather than an abundant world, 
regardless of the amount of money you make, if you live in scarcity, you will live in scarcity. If you live an abundant life, you will live an abundant life, regardless of how much money you make. There are many haters or honey avoiders. They absolutely detest money and what it does to people. They eschew wealth, will often live in deprived and desolate conditions. They will purposely avoid material possessions whenever possible. Avoid making a budget or keeping a financial record of things. Hard time balancing a checkbook, paying bills on time, paying your taxes, even going back through and looking at that. Definitely a disdain when it comes to dealing with money. However, most mostly feel inadequate or incompetent to handle finances. So the avoiders, the haters, don't want to talk about it. Think the money's root of all evil. Rather have not money. Live a minimalist lifestyle. But to the point of financial hardship where you're not paying your taxes. You, maybe you're not paying your bills. Or maybe you don't have enough enough food on the table. the avoiders, the seekers, the amassers. What do those look like? An amasser will look to create wealth, massive amounts of wealth. You're obsessed. Constantly think about money day in and day out. How can I make more? Where can I get more? Um, these people put premium on making fortune with the belief that it will solve all their problems. More than likely though, the seekers or amassers are seeking money and amassing money to drown out or to avoid some sort of inadequacy in their life. That wealth will be their number one objective. So if you don't like the way you look or you're overweight or you're you don't feel that you're attractive, whatever it might be, the hope is that the material wealth will drown that out and you will find your kind of self-assurance and your confidence depending on how much money you have. Obviously, there's a lot of negative to that because if you lose your wealth, what do you have left? Money is a tool. Money is not, not a being. Happiest with large amounts of money at your disposal to save and spend and invest. Equate money with self-worth and power. Lack of money could lead to feelings of failure, depression. Like to make your own financial decisions to feel hesitant to give control to others. So you start amassing wealth, you start being wealth, and then you start deciding that you um, are smarter than everybody else and that you're unwilling to look at another way to do things and to basically protect your wealth. There's another set of adjectives, adjectives to, to describe our philosophy of spending money. Security, spontaneity, status, selfless, free spirit. Security, thrifty and organized, but also miserly and cheap. And you may neglect current expenses to save. Do not enjoy activities because of cost. You ever gone out with a friend? And constantly that friend says, no, that costs money. No, that costs money. No, I don't want to do that. That costs money. No, that costs money. 
Um, the good thing is, though, is that you have a budget, you have financial goals, savings, and you take care of possessions. Spontaneity. Fun-loving. Do not worry about consequences. Hard time saying no to purchases. Definitely do not have a reserve for emergencies. Um, you're supposed to keep three months of your expenses in the bank at a minimum. So you take up your mortgage, your car payment, um, whatever food expenses you have during the month, insurance, whatever that adds up to be, times by three, put that in the bank. If you're a spontaneous spender, uh, chances of you having three months of savings um, close to zero. But the flip side of it is, if you are spontaneity, you enjoy exciting life. Um, you are definitely one to go out and do a road trip or go on a trip at the drop of a hat regardless of the money and you'll find a way. You'll find a way to, to live that. Whether it be on credit card or whether it be on out of your savings, whatever it is. Get things right away without waiting. So, spontaneity. There's our status spenders. Get into debt to maintain appearances. Keeping up with the Joneses. Um, my neighbor has it, so I need to have it. Regardless of what it costs or what it does to me financially, I have to have it for my status. Generous and impressive. Present a strong first impression until you start unpeeling the onion and realize that it's a, it's a house of cards. Now, that present and strong first impression and enjoy sharing and including others because of that philosophy, um, you'll be more than willing to bring somebody on a vacation or include people in whatever you know road trip, whatever you're trying to do. If they can't afford it, you'll bring them along. Get into debt to maintain appearances. Think about that for a second. Have you done that? Have you purchased something just to keep up with the Joneses? Always give, but have trouble receiving graciously. Do you have a hard time receiving gifts? Selfless, sacrificing, and charitable. Feel guilty or angry if you buy for yourself. Judgmental and a martyr. Use giving as a form of control to impose values. Strong values and convictions and can clearly decide between needs and wants. Needs and wants. Think about that for a second. Clearly decide between needs and wants. Have you the ability to um, look at what you spend and decide is this a need or is this just a want? Or is this a get? You get to have, you need to have, you want to have. The free spirit. Easygoing, carefree, of course. But maybe immature and irresponsible. Lack the skills and information to make wise choices. Feel trapped or obligated by being supported. But you share generously with others. Do not feel pressured by expectations of others. So a free spirit. A free spirit is not going to be keeping up with the Joneses. Free spirit is going to be easygoing and carefree. Could be irresponsible with money and not worry about it. 
at the end of the month are you worried about the bills you have to pay or do you not care where does that get you um, month after month after month where are you today what does that look like how does this all work when it comes time to your forever partner do you understand what your forever partner or your, or your significant other, do you understand what their relationship to money is? Do you know how they view money? Understanding the value each person places on money helps build respect in a relationship. It allows us to see another's point of view. Always, both partners should have input where money goes. Do you feel like you're in a relationship where you are dictating where the money goes? Do you feel that you cringe when you think about your partner making a financial decision. Do you cringe on thinking about where your partner is spending money? Think about that for a second. Where does that get you? So, if you're going to be discussing money with your forever partner, your significant other, make sure that both sides get equal opportunity to speak and share their points of views. Do not go into it with just citing your opinion, your opinion only, and then stopping the conversation short where it's just your opinion. Validate what each other is saying. What I hear you saying is this. Confirm. Confirmation before we move forward. What I'm hearing you say is this. This is how it's landing to me. If it's something that you've had to work up to, make an appointment. Make sure that it's a place where you both feel safe. Make sure that it's a time limited so you're not there for three hours where you get in and get out. Hear both sides and then move forward. Do you have disagreements about how much money should be handled in your household? Do you feel like you have enough money? Do you know if your partner feels that you have enough money? These are, these are questions that you need to sit down and go through, write on a piece of paper, Pass notes, however way it is to get this across to each other. You have to feel comfortable with money and speaking about money to your forever partner. Think about that for a second. Do you have the ability to sit down with your forever partner today and discuss how much money you have in the bank and what credit card debt you have and what savings you have? And more importantly, what does it look like in the future? How are you going to plan a vacation to Europe that costs fifteen or ten thousand dollars if you can't even talk about how much money you're gonna spend next month on movies. Do you know your forever partner's worst fear related to money? Chances are you don't. Do you understand how big purchases do you do you forego the, the discussion and just let your forever partner make the big ticket items? If it's a car, if it's a house, if it's you know, home improvement, whatever it is, are you not part of the decision? Do you forego it? Learn to talk about money in positive ways without being negative. Set goals for the next planning period. So yes, you have to have more than one conversation. It's not just one conversation and then everything goes by the wayside and it's all good. Oh, we don't, oh, we had our hour. Um, I'll see you in five years. No. Get into a rhythm where you spend the third Thursday of each month for 30 minutes going through the finances and then looking towards 
what big purchases are coming, what big vacations are coming. Get on board and make sure that when you look over at your partner, you're like, I know what you're thinking about money. I get it. I know that we got a big vacation coming up and that's the reason why you don't want to go out to eat tonight. You ever thought of that? You ever thought that, wow, wonder why my forever partner's upset today. We went out and just had this great big meal. We had this great big dinner and we went out. We spent all this money, had such a great time. And the whole time your partner's going, oh man, we have vacation in two weeks. We really shouldn't be spending this money. We really should be saving this money for, the, for our vacation rather than blowing it up right now. You're thinking you're supposed to have a great time. Everything's great. Reality is, no, dude. <laughs> it's so good. You're in no good a spot. Some other things to think about. How much would you spend before telling, you, telling your significant other? Is there a set amount of money that you feel that you can spend without having to tell your forever partner? Is that 500 Is that 1000 Is that $50? It's all relative to your financial being and your partner's financial being. And if you are in lockstep with that financial being, then you'll understand that at $250, I kind of need to talk to my forever partner about this. If it's under 250 bucks, who cares? Go buy it. And remember, those numbers are all relative to what your and your partner's beings are. There is not a right or wrong answer. The answer is not 1000 or 250 or 500 The answer is between you two. And if you can mutually agree to it, huge step. Huge step in fighting, huge step in long-term happiness. What do you feel qualifies as a large or big purchase? All these are all relative. They're all relative to where you are. Make sure you sit down and understand what those are. Money should not dictate our happiness or the health, or the health of our relationships. Money is a tool to get things done. Think of it as a hammer and nail. If you can create a health, healthy relationship with money, you'll find that your relationship with others in your life will flourish. Money can be a detrimental piece to your life, but it can also unlock major potential, major happiness, and create a really nice relationship with your partner. I appreciate you taking the time. If you have any feedback, please let me know. I'm going to run off a few questions to get the you know to get you thinking about some of the questions that um, to help you understand what your financial being is, maybe you can share with your partner. Um, when it comes to spending, a do you hope you have enough money to take care of unexpected expenses? Do you enjoy spending as long as you can keep earning and saving more and your network keeps increasing? Do you rather save money than spending it because it makes you nervous? I don't care where my money goes. I have important things to think about. I love spending money and I tend to spend more than I earn. What about financial record keeping? Are you the person who loves to look at my old statements and see how much more money I have now than before? Do you have no records at all? Do you have careful records? Do you keep track of things during when you're looking at big purchases but not during the rest of the time? Or do you not keep records at all? When it comes to saving, I have to be saving more, but I never seem to get around to it. I enjoy saving and often think, how about can I save more? I have trouble saving money, which bothers me. If I had enough money to save, I'd give it away in anyway. Saving comes naturally and I'm regularly consistent about it. Think about having these, you know, these conversations with your significant other, just getting on the same page and not even to agree, 
just knowing if you have a great time saving money and your partner does not, find ways to get get them enrolled in saving money with you. Don't just expect because you do it, they'll do it. Because if they have a, they're coming from a different place, they're not going to get on board. Credit cards. We know credit cards have bad interest rates and are tough. I don't like to use them at all. And I think that people who do are asking for trouble. I use credit cards a lot and tend to make just the minimum payment most of the time. Think about that for a second. You enjoy, you're a spender, you enjoy spending money, you've got credit card debt, but at the end of each month, you can only pay the monthly minimum of your credit card. On your credit card statement, it will tell you how long it will take to take up, to spend your debt or to pay off your debt if you only use the monthly minimum. It's years. The monthly minimum is years to pay off your credit card debt. I don't mind running up a large balance as long as I can pay it off quickly. That's me. Boom. I'm often surprised about how much I owe, especially when late fees are added in. Ooh, late fees. Late fees and interest on top of your principal. That is two negatives. Never come out of that alive. I always tend to avoid using credit. I prefer paying by debit card or cash. What does that tell you? It tells you that you will never have large purchases and you may never go on a vacation to Europe because the likelihood of you saving up ten, fifteen thousand dollars to go on vacation and spend are pretty minimal. Credit cards are great for um, paying off large purchases such as travel. Um, I always try to, when I do a big trip to Europe, I will pay my um, hotel and my flight for my credit card and then try to save money um, up in cash for expenses. In the event of a financial emergency, here's a great one. I don't know if I have enough saved, so I just hope for the best. I hope I can rely on friends or bartering services. I never have enough money left over to save for emergencies. I put aside a sizable amount for emergencies, but I'm not sure it's enough. I've saved enough for almost any emergency, but I hope I never have to spend it. I guarantee that if you sit down with your significant other and you ask that question in the event of a financial emergency, you will get a different answer than what you have. Your answer will be different than theirs. Figure it out, get in lockstep, and move forward. As far as paying taxes is concerned, I'm always astonished to find out how much tax I owe. I save regularly for taxes and usually file my return well before it's due. I hate the whole thing and try to get it done without as little fuss as possible. That's me. I always have to scramble to get my return done and find cash to pay my taxes. I take pride in paying less on my increased income if I can. What type of person are you? Here we go. Here's some more. To feel totally satisfied with my annual income, I would need my employer to match every dollar I put in my 401k. At least twice as much as I'm earning now. I'm sure I could use more money, but I have no idea how much. I'm fine with the way I am. More money would make me feel uncomfortable. To have someone else pay my bills so I can spend the whole paycheck. <laughs> when it comes to investing, um, if you're not saving, you're probably not investing. I always let my dividends compound to maximize return. If I were to invest, I'd want someone else to make all the decisions for me. I only invest in conservative choices like CDs. I've always wanted to try something wild that might end up making me rich. When I really want to buy something that's not in my budget. This is a big one. This is one we talked about when getting together with your significant other. 
when I really want to buy something that's not in my budget. What budget? This is the answer. What budget? Everything will, everything will work out all right. I'd have to think hard before giving myself permission to spend money. I'll buy it whether or not I can afford it. Most of the things I want are not expensive, so I can afford to buy them. If it's important enough, I'll tweak my portfolio. Otherwise, I'll forget about it. Some of these may not resonate with you, but thinking about the question itself, when did I really want to buy something that's not in my budget? What does that mean? So if you're sitting down with your significant other and you're going through your finances and you're trying to figure out a budget, usually it's to try to save money for something larger, whether it's a new car, the house, maybe an upgrade, something. Understanding that it's not in your particular budget today, which means you have to use credit card debt or loan or refinance the house. Get your significant other together. Sit down. Go through it. Figure it out. Don't go through life with a bad relationship with money. Don't wake up every morning with pits in your stomach because you either can't pay your bills or you have to go work three jobs to pay your bills. Live in an amount of abundance. Be abundant. Don't live in scarcity. Be proud of how much money you make. Save. Think about the future. Create a space where you can discuss money with your significant other so that you can make good sound decisions that you both agree on. If you calculated how much time during the month you fought with your significant other about money and you took all that time and wrapped it into a one hour session, you'd gain three or four hours worth of fighting. You just stop, just pencil it in every, thir every Thursday, every third Thursday of the month from three to 4 p.m. we're gonna sit down and we're gonna go through how much money I have, how much money you have, how much money we have in savings, and how much money we owe. We're going to de declare what we're going to spend, what we're going to save, and we're going to be in lockstep. And in the next, and in a month, we're going to sit down and go through it again. You may need to do it if you're in, in a bad situation. You may need to do it every Thursday. And then you may get to the point where you're only doing it every second month, or every, or once a quarter, or biannual, whatever it might be. Get in a relationship with money, figure out where you're at with your significant other, and get in lockstep move forward. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Have an amazing afternoon. Keep the feedback coming. If there are any other topics you want to hear, please let me know. Talk to you later.